John, what were you saying about static? I'm giving you static. Was that what you're saying? No, I was saying I heard a, I heard some static on my headphones. It, it was me. I'm I'm the guy that gives everybody static. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no static at all. <laughs> FM. Remember that movie? You I don't. Remember. What movie was that? <laughs> Never mind. That, that's probably that movie came out probably before you were born. Okay. What was it? It, it was a movie called FM, and there was a oh, song. No, there was, was a song that. called uh, No Static at All. FM. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 7:29. It is BS. God, I, I can't get that out of my mind. It's BJ. I'm Brad. He's we got Shelly on the brain, Brad. Yeah, Shelly on the brain, or maybe Shelly in the brain, or maybe Shelly, Shelly, Shelly brain, as she used to call. It. She used to call that Shelly brain. Uh, anyway, uh, this is Brad and John, and we have our own show here between seven and eight, and you're good to go till eight o'clock this morning. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I talk about this a lot, and I don't want to sound like I'm an anti. Uh, electric car, electric truck guy. But here we go again, where Gretchen Whitmer, who's the governor of Mich- Michigan, who I used to get all the time, <laughs> one of these things. Can I, unless you in a little inside story, which is sort of funny. Yeah, please do. I would call her Gretchen Wilson. You know who Gretchen Wilson is? She's a, she's a country singer, right? Right. And I would say all the time when I was with Shelly that Gretchen Wilson stopped being a country singer and is now the governor of Michigan, and Shelly would believe me. But yeah, hey, that's a real downgrade to go from country yes. singer to governor. Come on. Right. Okay. She has put on mandate that the fleet of all vehicles in the state of Michigan, because she's the governor, will be 100% by uh, light duty vehicles, cars and light duty vehicles, 100% zero emissions by 2033, and medium and heavy duty vehicles owned by the state of Michigan by 2040. Okay. Yeah. That is just crazy. And well, that that becomes somebody else's problem. 2033s become somebody else's problem, right? She's not going to have to see that out. Well, who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, well, well, when she becomes president, you know, because <laughs> supposedly, if you listen to the Democrats secretly talk, she's one of them that's queued up that if Joe Biden drops out. Falls and, and breaks his hip. Right. Or something happens to him where he, you know, because... I believe somebody told me, I don't know if this is true or not. Are you a betting guy? Do you do betting and all that kind of stuff and sports and things no, like that? I don't. Somebody told me there's a line in Las Vegas that you can bet on as to if Joe Biden will actually make it to the 2024 election. That if he will. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, those bets are definitely you can you can definitely bet in Las Vegas on that. There's a line on that. Those are called prop bets. Right. Well, anyway, the deal in Michigan last night. I watch a lot of video stuff. I mean, to the point where I don't own a television anymore, which is sort of crazy. People go, you don't have a TV? I got my phone, and I watch a lot yep. of YouTube video. And I watch this guy. Um, I don't even know what his official capacity was. He Maybe he was an industry, industry spokesman for the trucking industry. And he gave this very interesting, he was in some congressional committee, and he talked about the fact that, that and he gave all these statistics which were inter- interesting. He said, currently, a trucker can pull into a truck stop and go from very little fuel to full. Now, keep in mind, some of these trucks carry hundreds of gallons of diesels, uh, diesel fuel. Sometimes, you know, they have the saddle tanks. They have tanks on each side. That's why if you go to a truck stop, it's sort of interesting when you go to a truck stop, they have the pump. There's a main pump on the left side, the driver's side, and there's a secondary pump on the passenger side so they can fuel both tanks at the same time. So nice. he said yeah. the average refueling time is 22, I think he said 22 minutes. And he said, once that truck is filled, that truck can go anywhere between, depending upon the truck and the load and conditions and things like that, between 800 and 1,200 miles, okay? 
And he said, then the, the truck can stop again, do a fuel stop, 20, 30 minutes, bang, he's back on the road. He gave the statistics of the current available trucks. Now, obviously, they're saying that things would get better. He's saying that if you took a tractor trailer, a, a diesel-powered tractor trailer, and you had that guy go from D.C. to L.A., in other words, cross-country uh, mm-hmm. tour, that, hold on a minute, that it would take, I think he said like three days or something like that, you know, depending upon the fact that the driver can only drive so many hours and he has to rest, stuff like that. But he said that if you did that in a EV truck, that it would take like 10 days. Because you have to fuel? Well, because he has to, to charge, charge all the time. You know, and to the point where he said right now the average, uh, you know, and, and there's only a few of them out there. There's some prototypes that Tesla have of the the Tesla, the Tesla, the tractors, essentially that's what they call them, the tractors, tractor and trailer, the big, you know, the big units that pull the trailers behind it, that they only get like 200 miles before they have to charge. And the interesting thing he brought up was when you drive around, especially when you drive not much to the east, but when you live, you know, when you drive to the west here in St. Louis, you drive on 70, if you drive on 44, 55, when you get out into the little, you know, the, the, you know, where there's no major cities around, where are all the truck stops? They're in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. And he Mm -hmm. said, in most of those areas, they don't have enough electrical grid capacity to have a charging station for tractor trailers. And no, I thought, I'm sure. I, thought, of I, never, not. I never thought of that, you know, because yeah. of the fact that that you still have people that um, in a in a rural areas that are limited by the amount of electricity they can use. Not necessarily that I mean, not kilowatt hours, but the fact that they can't pull a lot of 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 current at any point in time because they're on a grid that is out in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, all you have to do is. I always remember this from one of my college classes where this guy, um, I don't know if you know this book. I used to talk to Shelley about this all the time. I'd look this up again. Um, I had a professor, this hippy-dippy professor, my first class at SIU Edwardsville, and he preached this book about the uh, about how, and once again, this is back in the 70s, by like the year 2000, the world would be overpopulated there'd be like a hundred billion people on the planet right, earth right that was a popular uh theory in the 70s what was the guy's name i can't remember his name and it's interesting he's still alive and he's still out there preaching this and everybody's going like well it hasn't happened well it's gonna happen you know but yeah. the 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 point being that if you fly especially if you fly west and you look out the window there ain't much out there you know what i'm saying <laughs> when, yeah, when yeah especially sure. and if you've ever driven between Kansas City and Denver, it's pretty barren. I mean, it, I haven't, but I, I've heard that. By the way, the, it looks like the guy's name is Paul Ehrlich. That's him. Yes, Paul. The population Ehrlich. bomb. Exactly. Uh, 1968 book. Right, 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 right. And the, and he's still alive, and he still claims he's correct. He's just off by two or three decades. Okay. He's just way early, Brad. <laughs> he's just way right. early. He's he, only fifty. He was. He's fifty plus years early. Right, right, right. And and my professor. Now, here's what's interesting about this is. My first day of class, I'll never forget this. My first day of class, they just put in these little sandwich machines in these little cubby holes, like in the in the general classroom building. Or I think it was called PEC at the time over at SIU Edwards. I don't know what it is anymore. P-E-C-K. And they had, at the time, which was something which was really unique, you could get like a sandwich, this is a refrigerated little, you know, little vending machine. And they had a microwave oven. 
Ooh, look and, at that. And the very first day of class, he told us, he said, if you people want to grow old, you will not use that microwave oven. That microwave oven is going to kill you. And he says that not only is it going to kill you with the radiation, but the radiation from that microwave into your food is going to make you die from radiation poisoning. Now, this was my PhD professor, first class I ever went to at SIU Edwardsville, thinking to myself, yeah, right. Now, back in the day, Amana was the big radar. The matter of fact, they called it the radar range. Amana, if you had an Amana radar range, you were rich. They were, some of them were like tens of thousands of dollars. They were super expensive. You can go to Wally World, buy a microwave oven for what, 88 bucks now? Something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, if, probably cheaper than that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and how long have we been using microwaves? And yeah. once again... And you're not dead yet, bro. I'm not dead yet. And not only that, is I eat a lot of food that's microwaved. For example, when you go to Burger King, yeah. they, they microwave everything. You know? Of course they do. And, yeah. and, and to the point where I have a microwave, I don't use it that much, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's this guy who's my professor that knows everything, and he's teaching all these... As Rush used to say, uh, schools, uh, you know, skulls, skulls full of mush. Skulls full of mush. Young skulls full of <laughs> right. mush. I young, love that phrase. Young skulls full of mush. And there are people that came out of that classroom thinking, oh my God, he's right. I'll never go to have yeah. a microwave oven. You know, and you well, just same thing, Brad, with with cell phones. I mean, remember when portables, when when the the portable cell phone, and people were like, "Do you really want that much radiation up against your head?" Can I tell you a story? I was I was at the time I did a lot of stuff with Motorola back in the day. Motorola was big in two way, and I did a lot of stuff with them with my traffic network. And I was like a preferred customer. I probably spent literally with our our radio system we use for our traffic network. I spent tens of thousands of dollars on radio equipment with Motorola. Wow. So from time to time they would give me a new product they gave me one of the original motorola brick cell phones remember those big monstrous oh, yeah, ones yeah, of course i did <laughs> they were like they weighed like six or seven pounds and it had Huge. a battery on it that was like monstrous battery and had big antenna yeah. the whole bit and i'm thinking to myself you know and then and then the crazy thing was if you were one of the earlier adopters when you had the cell phone, you know, the, 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 the cellular phone from at the time, it was it was it was uh, Southwestern Bell Mobile Systems and Cybertel. Those were the only two companies in St. Louis. You had to get the thing installed in your car. You take your place, your car down to an installation place and they would put the the headset, you know, what they called the headset, you know, the head, the head, uh, which had the, you know, the cradle and the phone and the whole bit. And they would put that into your thing and they had a unit that went in the trunk and they had to tear out your interior and run lines through and <laughs> put an antenna and drill a hole in your car, roofs for an antenna, the whole bit. And now you look at it, you hold these things in your hand and it's just like, to me, it's like, whoa, I mean, in my hand. You know, I've got an iPhone. You have an iPhone too, as well, correct? Yep. We have we have more processing power by like a factor of like a thousand than the Apollo spacecraft program that went to the moon. You know what I mean? Of I mean, course, yeah, and exponentially. It's, it's mind-boggling. And, and, and the ability to store stuff. Right. Like I don't know what the I don't. You would you would be more familiar with this number, but storage used to be super expensive. Oh. And now you open a Gmail account and you can keep, you know, what was just a dream twenty years ago. Well, you can go down to Micro Center and buy easily a one terabyte terabyte not gigabyte but terabyte uh which is what a trillion or what is it i can't remember something how, how i don't many, even know when it gets to those kind of numbers it, i'm lost it goes way out in zeros it's like like 12 zeros or something like that uh tr you know bits of data it's like 50 bucks 
And yeah, you can nothing. get like a, you know, three, four, five, six terabyte drive. Most of them are well under $200, $300. And you think about that, you think, holy cow. I mean, you know, and, and you know, what's come to, you know, what we are just so used to. I mean, like, think about it in your car. I mean, the current cars, I'm a car freak. In 1996, uh, mandated by the government, they went to what they called OBD2, which is still to this day the standard. There's that little uh, little connector underneath your dashboard, and when you have your emissions, conne- uh, emissions test here in the St. Louis area, that's all they do anymore. They just hook up to that, and they just look mm-hmm. at your computer and see what's going on with that. I mean, even the difference between a 1996 vehicle and a 2023-2024 vehicle, you would not believe the data you can pull out of a car nowadays. I mean, you plug that thing in. Some of these uh, these testers, the the guys using these real expensive ones, uh, one a lot of the car guys use is called an Autel. They're three, four thousand dollars just for the uh, the OBD2, uh, you know. But you can put it in your front seat of your car. You can drive it down the road. It'll take. It'll record all the data for your car. If you're having some kind of a weird problem with your car, you go back to the wherever you, you plug the thing in the computer, and it'll replay all the data. Oh, there's the problem right there. When it shifted between third and fourth, this sensor went low, and it should have gone high. Boom, replace. Dunk, done. I'm just like, well, you know, Brad, when you talk about 1996, that was, it seems like forever ago to us, but if that was almost 30 years ago in 1996, if someone talked to you about 1966 car technology, you'd be like, oh my God, that was forever ago. Oh yeah. Well, and I, I had 1966 cars. (laughs) My first car was a 1962 and I had a 19, I had a 1959 Cadillac, which I wish I still had back because if I had that car back, I'd be rich right now because it's probably sell for a hundred thousand dollars at least. Okay. We have to take our final break. It's 742.